Okay, you're very welcome to episode 20 of Radio with Spoil. Uh, this is a bit of a special. You're not going to be hearing too much from me. Uh, some of you may be delighted about that, but however. Uh, this is where we march the 6th. This is the 8th anniversary of um, Missing Malaysia Airlines MH370. Now, I haven't touched upon this case for quite a while. I think it was maybe towards the mid-late uh, last year, 2021. And I thought this would be the perfect uh, time to reflect on it. But I'd rather let the people who are most connected and affected by this case talk to you about that. So we're going to hear some uh, quite extensive highlights from the uh, Remembrance event uh, that occurred uh, earlier today um, and what you'll get from that is basically where the case currently uh, is and what's going on uh, in the piece you're going to hear you're going to hear from the relatives in Malaysia uh, China and uh, India you're going to hear from uh, several guests uh, Richard Godfrey um, who's an aerospace engineer and has done some investigative uh, work. Uh, we'll go into that uh, during the actual uh, piece and segment. Uh, Peter Foley, who's the former uh, director of the uh, ATSB, that's the, Austra uh, the Australian uh, Transport and Safety uh, Board. Uh, Oliver Plunkett, who's CEO of Ocean Infinity. They were the company who did the uh, no fine, no fee. Uh, last search in twenty eighteen, and uh, towards the very, very end, you're gonna hear a small segment from uh, Explorer and Debris Hunter, uh, Blaine uh, Alan uh, Gibson. Um, look, I'm not gonna say any more. Uh, other than my own reflections, very quickly of this is that I'm still positive. I do believe that the subsea wreckage of MH370 uh, will be found. It's not going to be found this year. Hopefully in 2023 or 2024, uh, we will have a search uh, to find the subsea wreckage. Um, I remain positive. I think the relatives after today uh, remain positive. Search on. Let's go to Grace Nathan, who is a uh, next of kin uh, of one of the passengers on board uh, MH370, and she is your host for this presentation. Um, thank you for the uh, MH370 families for putting this together. Thank you. God bless, and I'll see you in the next episode. Over to Grace. We are very grateful for all the people who have joined us via Zoom, the many people who have contributed to the search of MH370 and continue to push for the search of MH370. And we're also grateful to all of the people who are joining us on Facebook Live from all over the world. We thank you for your continued support. Next, as we know that in this search for MH370, Malaysia remains in the center of it all. The decision for the continued search rests greatly on the, the shoulders of the Malaysian government. 
in coming towards this eighth uh, remembrance event, we did approach the Malaysian Minister of Transport and we asked him if he had, uh, he would like to share a few words about where the Malaysian government stands on the search on on the search on campaign. And uh, they have provided us with a pre-recorded video, and we're going to play that for you now. The video was made by our Transport Minister Yang Bahomat Datuk Wi Kasiong. We'll play that now. Friends and family of Flight MH370. Today, our memorial marks almost eight years since the fateful tragedy of the MH370 disappearance hit us, the families of the victims and all who were affected by it. As Minister of Transport for Malaysia, I am grateful to be allowed to say a few words for this moment. Together with you, we take this moment to honour the memory of the 239 passengers and crew members who were on flight 370 eight years ago. We will always sympathize with your loss and the pain many still feel as a result of that tragedy. Please remember that we remain sympathetic to you, the family members and next of kin, and we are also keen on careful consideration and study on all new credible information which may be put forth to identify the location of the aircraft. In our collective search for MH370, the governments of Malaysia, Australia and the People's Republic of China spare no expense and resources in our collective efforts to locate MH370. For two years, we scoured 120,000 square kilometers under a tripartite cooperation between Malaysia, Australia, and China. Ocean Infinity 2 searched some 112,000 square kilometers, including in the South Indian Ocean with autonomous underwater vehicles, AUV. We too wanted answers. The mutual decision reached on 17 January 2017 to suspend search and recovery operations until new credible evidence is obtained was an extremely difficult one. Before I end, please let me reiterate the government of Malaysia's aspiration to locate MH370 has not been abandoned. We just need credible and actionable evidence to act on before we can mount an expedition which we are certain could yield results. This is credible information which can be used to identify the specific location of the aircraft. With this, consideration will be given in determining future search operations and re-establishment of the investigation team. Thank you. The video from the Transport Minister of Malaysia and uh, we're hoping that we're able to somehow open a dialogue with them in the near future to speak about the potential of another Nokia Nofi search. And uh, hopefully there is more new evidence available now that can help to reignite a new search. So the next item on the itinerary this afternoon 
is a vocal performance by Patrick Leong. For those of us who have been following the Search On campaign from the very beginning, from year 2015, Patrick needs no introduction. He has been composing all the songs that we use for our events. He has come to every single event. He has performed at all of our in-person events. And now he has even composed a brand new song just for this year. And he's going to perform it live now. So we'll be hearing, all of us who are watching this event now, we'll be hearing it for the first time. Thank you, Brother Patrick, for your hard work and your continued support. We're very grateful to have you with us. Let's listen to Brother Patrick's song. For those of you who are watching from Facebook Live, the lyrics were posted a while ago. So if you want to sing along, you can also look at the lyrics there on the, on the MH370 Family's Facebook page. Thank you so much, Grace. And the song itself um, and the lyrics speaks uh, of the continued message you know, to search on for MH370. May I present to you, Searching for You. Eight years, the tears won't ever stop will never change my love for you will be a lifetime in me remembering you always 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 As long as time remains, I'll be right here. As long as the sun still shines, you'll be mine. As long as you're not here, I'll search for you. Searching for me. 
research that has produced results regarding the WSPR DD to TAAA MHC 70 flight path. We'll let him join us now. These are the latest developments in the search for MHC 70. Thank you, Grace. And uh, hello to everybody. Uh, allow me to start on a, a personal note. Um, I mentioned the last time I spoke to you at this event two years ago that I lost my sister in a car crash in the French Alps. I was able, with the help of the police, to visit the crash location. I was able to fly the body of my sister home uh, to England and we were able to have a funeral with the family and friends. I am very mindful that you are not in the same position that I was back then. You do not know the crash location and you're not able to have a funeral or memorial for your loved ones. So I feel very much with you and join in the prayer and the song that we have just heard. What I would like to do is uh, to bring you up to date on the latest uh, in our work on trying to locate uh, MH370. I will share my screen so that we can see uh, what I presented to you uh, last time. So more recently, we have used not just the Inmarsat satellite data and the fuel data, but we have used also whisper data, which is uh, radio signals sent out by radio amateurs around the world. There are hundreds of these signals uh, every two minutes. 
the IMASAT satellite data is around about every hour in the Indian, um, in, in Indian Ocean. But the WISPA data allows us to track MH370 much more precisely every two minutes. You can see all of these dots on the map that I'm sharing um, of the flight path. And the crash location that we have worked out from this WISPA data is around 33.2 degrees south, 95.3 degrees east. This is about 2,000 kilometers west of Perth in Australia, in, in the middle of the ocean. It also is the location that a number of oceanographers, there are seven studies by different oceanographers that come to the same uh, location, in particular by Professor Charita Patiarachi of the University of, of Western uh, Australia. And it is very encouraging to me to see the IMASAT data, the fuel data, the oceanography data agreeing with the WISPA data. And these are four independent data sets. One interesting thing about the flight path, um, apart from the fact that it was not a straight line due south, was a holding pattern around the waypoint uh, Pakra uh, off the coast of uh, Sumatra. A holding pattern for 22 minutes. Um, and it is interesting to ask the question why there was a holding pattern was there some communication going on? Was the pilot checking whether he was being followed? Or was he just biding time uh, to work out his next move? The flight path using WISPER meets all of the arcs, which are determined by the IMASAT uh, satellite data. So, it matches the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, down to the, the seventh arc. Um, and that is an important fact uh, that the data matches up. But how does this whisper work? This is the debris that we have found in the Indian Ocean, uh, which uh, I mentioned earlier, uh, Charita Patiarachi came to the conclusion of 33 degrees south. And now with this whisper data, what we have is hundreds of signals, radio signals crossing uh, the globe. And when these radio signals um, cross the path of an aircraft, it is possible to detect changes in the signal level and in the frequency. And we can then use these signals from various radio stations, which intersect at the point where the aircraft uh, is to be found. And then uh, we can track the aircraft all the way ac across uh, the Indian Ocean. And we are about to publish, um, we published the flight path uh, at, at the end of last year. 
and we're about to publish a new paper explaining in detail exactly how this uh, technology works. And we believe that this is credible uh, new evidence and we encourage the authorities to go back and search again because the way uh, we will finally validate uh, this whisper technology is by going and finding MH370. Thank you. Thank you so much, Richard, for all your hard work and for explaining it to us in such simple terms. We're hoping that uh, the government of Malaysia and all of the interested parties pay close attention to your research and that it is what we are waiting for where and we hope that it makes the mark for this X marks the spot that the Malaysian government keeps talking about that gives them the impetus to start the search again. Thank you so much. Thank you, Grace. For the families, the next item on the itinerary is a message from the families in Malaysia. There are several family members here in the Zoom call. I would like to ask if anyone here would like to say anything. I saw Jaquita, YY, several other people. Uh, would anyone like to say anything on behalf of the families in Malaysia? I would like to thank Richard. Thank you so very much for all your help and um, hoping that you know, the government will listen now and let us finally have closure. Thank you so much, Jaquita. It was a bit hard to hear you, I think, because the, it's raining very heavily where you are and where I am as well. So, but thank you so much. We're just very, very grateful for all of the people who continue to stand by us and support us and continue to try and build on this Search On campaign so that the search for MH370 is not permanently abandoned. None of these people who are supporting us are have any obligation to do so. They're all doing it out of their own free will. They use a lot of their own time and their own resources and it's some everything that they are doing for us is never some it's not something that we can ever pay back and for that we are eternally grateful and from a family's perspective personally for me our journey emotionally waiting for mh370 it hasn't gotten any easier because we still don't know where we are headed we're still we still don't know if another search will start and we still don't know even if a search starts if mh370 will be found so we continue to carry this burden of maybe we will never know. And that's been very difficult I, for me, especially on a personal level. We still have all these questions that remain unanswered, even though it's been almost eight years. And I think that makes grieving and the loss ambiguous, makes grieving complex. And that's something that we have talked about over and over for the past eight years. But what is more important than our grief, our loss, and our need for closure is the fact that finding MH370 will answer many questions that are of great importance to the international flying community, and in fact, the flying community in general. Every day, thousands and thousands of people take to the skies, maybe not now during the pandemic, but pre-pandemic and hopefully one day post-pandemic, thousands of people will continue to take to the skies. And as long as MH3, the questions surrounding MH370 remain unanswered, there will always be the risk that something like this can happen again. And this is something that should not happen again. It should be avoided at all costs. And that's all from me for the message from the families. We'll move on now to the next part of the itinerary. This is a presentation by Peter Foley. Peter Foley led the Australian search team back in the early days when there was a tripartite agreement between Malaysia. He led the Australian Transport Safety Bureau. And uh, he's going to talk to us about why he 
from a professional perspective, thinks it's imperative for us to continue the search for MH370. Thank you so much for joining us, Peter. We're really, really grateful to for your time. Can everyone hear me okay? Oh, I'll cut myself open so ignore that. Um, firstly, for those who don't know me, I'll, <clears throat> pardon me, introduce myself. I was program director of the ATSB for the search, uh, and that started in May of 2014 and um, didn't finish until the end of 2017 after we'd completed some further analysis after the official search was suspended. Thank you, as I said, for inviting me to talk. Firstly, let me express my uh, deepest condolences to the loss of your loved ones eight years ago. It's extraordinary tragedy. I just can't imagine how it must feel to have your loved ones board an aircraft and disappear, never to know what became of them. For us in the search, that was our, our motivation. We absolutely empathised with what you were going through and the pain that you were going through and the need to provide some answers by finding the aircraft. We worked extremely hard and there was literally hundreds of heroes in that search. I wasn't one of them. There were people who did the hard work out uh, on some really terrible oceans uh, in the Southern Indian Ocean, 2,000 odd kilometres from Perth, um, in some, at times, really appalling conditions, were the absolute heroes. And um, I must say, everyone involved in the search felt exactly as I do. We were motivated by the need to find answers for the families primarily and bring your loved ones home. Everyone who boards an aircraft has an interest in this and um, anyone in commercial aviation um, has followed MH370 and, and, and the loss of the aircraft and the subsequent search uh, very, very closely because it, it, it's something that um, impinges on the consciousness of everyone who boards an aircraft today. And um, this is why we can't leave the mystery. I mean, personally, my motivation is to provide some answers for the families and to bring their loved ones home. But uh, in a broader context, finding MH370 is absolutely crucial to underpinning the systems that we have and guaranteeing the safety of commercial aircraft flying. We must find the aircraft. We must find the answers. And the only evidence that we have of what occurred on board that aircraft is somewhere in the Southern Indian Ocean. So it must be found. I have said for quite some time that I believe the official search ended prematurely. We still uh, we're very eager to continue. We knew that there was some highly prospective areas that needed to be searched. And uh, there was some crucial analysis that was still being undertaken at the time that the official search was wound up. So it was with great um, sadness that everyone in the search team uh, uh, was asked to suspend the search on 17 January 2017. We were extremely lucky. Ocean Infinity came along and conducted a search in a very large area. 
including the highly prospective area that we had identified at the end of our search. And they did so uh, on a no fine, no fee basis, which was an extraordinary act of faith and, and philanthropy on the part of uh, people behind Ocean Infinity. Extraordinary. But they used a system which is far more efficient than the systems that we had available to us at the time. MH370, the search that they conducted was the first time their system had been used. And it was far more efficient and therefore far more cost effective. And while uh, in combined, we searched 230,000 square kilometers. And for the most part, it was very, very thoroughly searched. What remains is somewhere less than 100,000 square kilometers for, for where that aircraft could possibly be. This is only a single search season using Ocean Infinity's uh, search system. A hundred good days of searching in the Southern Indian Ocean will guarantee success. And while Richard's area is a great place to start, I urge everyone to think about um, the continuation of the search to the point where we can absolutely guarantee that we'll find that aircraft and absolutely guarantee that there'll finally be answers for uh, 239 families. Let me also point out the responsibility for finding MH370 lies with the Malaysian government. They are the state of registry. Uh, there is no need for the Australian government or the Chinese government to agree to a new search. The first search by Ocean Infinity was a decision made unilaterally by the Malaysian government. They can do so again and propose even similar terms, no fine, no fee. And were they to do so, uh, we would be searching again this season, which starts in November. It would be, it would be absolutely extraordinary if we would commence a search and find MH370 finally after more than eight years. It's inconceivable that eight years after it went miss missing, uh, all that is required to find that aircraft is the will to do so. There is no risk for the Malaysian government if they agree once again with Ocean Infinity a no fine, no fee arrangement. Once again, thank you for allowing me to speak today. And we can't afford to fail again. We must find MH370 this time around. Thank you so much, Peter. We really appreciate your time and all of the salient points that you raised especially it rings very true for us that the only thing between us and finding the plane is the will to search. There's nothing else stopping us, honestly, especially with the no fear, no fee arrangement where there's no risk, where payment is only made when the, if the plane is found. So we hope that the Malaysian government steps up to the plate, bearing all this responsibility that they come, they step forward and do what they need to do. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your continued support. Pleasure, Chris. Lovely to see you too. We'd have, we'll just move to the next item on the list, which is the poetry reading by Julian Matthews. Hi. Hi. Thank, thank you, Julian, for agreeing to do this. I know the request was quite last minute, but thank you for agreeing to do this. We look forward to listening to your poetry. Thank you. I'm very honored to be here. Um, I didn't lose anyone directly on MH370, but like most Malaysians, it felt strongly what had happened 
I was just one degree of separation from at least four of the people on board, my cousin and my close friends who are mass staff and knew the crew. My college mate who's in this room lost his wife and my wife lost her colleague. So the first poem is called A Thousand Ninety Six Nights. It was written three years ago. I mean, uh, three years uh, after the incident, which amounted to 1096 days. 1096 nights. I imagine you pristine and untouched. Your eyes are shut. Your head bobs ever so gently. Your unfettered hair wafts in the slow motion to the current. Once I ran my hand through that soft hair when we got wet in the rain. You are strapped in tight. You always were a rule follower. You paid attention to the in-flight safety demo tugged on the fastened seatbelt twice, just to be sure. An unseen hand now unshackles you. You float up and across the aisle. You drift out the open door, blue and radiant, up and up you go from the cold, briny dankness. The warmth fills you as you ascend, a bubbly circle of pure air surrounds your fragile frame. You rise as I arise this morning, into the light. Not three years as the unprecedented mystery headlines repeat. But for the thousand ninety-sixth day, and tonight, when the light fades like every night since, you will come to me ever so immaculate, undefiled and real, and lay beside me, and I will hold you in my arms, run my hands through your hair again. And for the thousand ninety-sixth night, I will cry. The second poem is called Hope. Hope is the cold metal hanger in my heart where I hang the coat of all my warm memories of you, which I put on to feel your hug, your firm arms around me. Hope is the candle I light and relight in my mind, remembering all the ways you glowed, all the ways we melted into each other. I keep the flame lit so I can still feel the burning longing for you to come home to see grace in these shadows. Hope is the light I leave on all night, every night, awaiting your return. Hope is a kite on the high wind I hold on to this unfurling string, unwilling to let go even as you get smaller and smaller in the distance in the blue. Blue sky, I shade my eyes as you merge in the lap of the light. Hope is stubbornly willing this line between us will never ever snap. Hope is the ship you last boarded waving your goodbyes from the handrails. Hope is me waving right back at you, portside, my arm hurting as it gets heavier and heavier and you further and further with the passage of time. Hope is your silhouette in the horizon, bobbing on this sea of heartache. Hope is the salty tears I cry on nights like these that could fill the ocean between us. 
Hope is this piece of the broken plane I found on the beach that you may have brushed against lightly as you walk down the aisle. This drifted debris I hold in my trembling hands. Hope is placing my ear against it, cheek against shard to listen to your message within. I dreamt again of you last night. Like the thousand dreams before, you grinned cheekily, your eyes smiling as you stepped through the front door. I asked you, Dni, demanded, where have you been? And you reached out, pressed your palm against my chest, my honeycombed heart, and replied calmly, sweetly, here, always here, my love. Hope is knowing that is true. Hope is awakening to that truth. Hope is the only home I know. End poem. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for sharing your beautiful words with us. Thank you for your time and for joining us. Next on the itinerary, we have the uh, pre-recorded message from the families in China. They're also, they've also joined us here today on the Zoom call. I'd just like to check China. Hi, everyone. Hello. Okay. Hi. Is there anyone who would like to say something before we play the video? Yanghui, would you like to say anything before we play the video? So, so as you know, uh, Jianghui uh, wrote us a big speech in Chinese, so uh, I worry about the maybe uh, you don't understand Chinese. So I, I would like to uh, read by uh, English, it's okay? Yeah, sure. Uh, okay, right now. Uh, the speech uh, prepared by Jianghui, so uh, I, I just read it and uh, translate it into uh, English, okay? Uh, like this. Uh, dear uh, participants, ladies, gentlemen, we are uh, MH370 Chinese uh, passengers family member. MH370 vanished has been eight years. We have waited for the truth of MH370 and the painful tears has been dried. In the past eight years, some of our Chinese family members had not waited for the day of plane found and left this world. But no matter how long, we, uh, but no matter how long time and long as the uh, plane and the relatives can't be found, we'll never give up. After Malaysian government stopped the searching, there isn't any further information. But, but the WSPR technology studied by the British scientist Richard Goldfrey was and also was uh, recognized by the <coughs> Australian Ministry of Communication search team. The search opportunities finally appeared. We have once again strongly calling, please ask the Malaysia government to resume reward searching and do as long-term uh, enhance uh, mechanisms. Our Chinese family is willing to support the establishment of this reward fund. Moreover, further after 2018, we have never seen the interim report from the Malaysia government. We learned from 
through the Chinese Ministry of Foreign Affairs, that Malaysian uh, Ministry of Transport informed the family on February 21st that the eight, 2018 security investigation report is the final investigation report. We feel that it's an action of stealing the beam and changing the column, which violates ISO's requirement to resolve the interim report every year and is an irresistible, irresponsible act. Second, we also learned that Malaysia Kuala Lumpur High Court has made a judgment without any uh, prerequisites in 2021, requiring the Malaysia government to pay uh, 16,000 US dollars. We hope that the Malaysian government will pay assistance as long as possible and unconditionally to the families of the eight, nine Chinese passengers who have not yet uh, resettled. We also have to call the Beijing Court of China to conduct the interim immediate uh, judgment of the passenger family in Beijing as soon as possible. In the past eight years, most of the conversation, which is not to reconcile the family, did not get a penny, which caused the families into a difficult situation, even no money to see doctors. This conversation is also the source of funding our family members to set up a search fund. Again, we call on Malaysia Airlines. Your promise, physical assistance has not been implemented. Let our family members sell funded response is irresponsible. Refusing to pay the proceeding conversation is irresponsible. It is to push them into a deprived situation. Finally, on behalf of the Chinese passengers, family member, thank you to the passing person today. Thanks to the Malaysia family members who organized the event. Thanks to family members of all countries for this uh, joint efforts. Thank you, Richard Borfi. Thank you, Peter Foley. Thank you to the Ocean Infinities. Thank you to the attention and support for millions. Finally, we still want to call no search, no fund. Searching must be going on, Chinese family members. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, the next of kin from China. Next, we, we have Oliver Plunkett, the group CEO of Ocean Infinity. Ocean Infinity is a private company that searched for, search for MH370 from January to June 2018. To the best of my knowledge, Ocean Infinity is the most techni technologically advanced company in the world, capable of searching for MH370. And um, they had done the search in 2018 on a no-cure, no-fee basis, meaning that the Malaysian government was not required to make any payment unless the plane was found. The group CEO, Mr. Oliver Plunkett, has joined us from the United Kingdom this morning to say a few words. Yeah, good morning, or good afternoon, wherever it is. Um, I, I was thinking uh, how quickly uh, 
uh, eight years had gone by uh, uh, and how important it was that uh, you're still here and still uh, remembering and talking about this and that the idea that there is still a search. Um, I can tell you from our perspective, uh, it, it is an almost daily conversation uh, of when we'll be able to get back to it. Um, we had in our minds in the beginning of 2020, uh, a plan in terms of where our ships were going to be and our people were going to be, that we'd be able to get back to it. And obviously, uh, the world changed a bit in the beginning of 2020. Uh, and the last couple of years have um, ultimately that's not been possible. For, for us, though, it was the catalyst for quite a material change in how we've organised our business and what we're doing. Um, I've made some uh, really brief slides just to give you a flavour of, of what we've been doing over the last couple of years. And, uh, and I'll explain why that's relevant and how that um, ties into thinking about doing the search again. Um, let, let me see, not, notwithstanding I'm, I, I'm in charge of a super high tech company, I, I'm not very good at being in charge of my own technology. So, so let me see if I can make these slides work. Um, you, we employ an enormous number of very, very intelligent people who understand technology in a way that I don't. Um, so in 2020, we found ourselves um, with uh, the vessels that we had and, and Seabed Constructor, which was the vessel we used for the search in 2018, uh, and realised that that wasn't the future uh, and that we needed to change our business. And what you can see there it is the first of uh, the first two of what will now be uh, 23 robotic ships. Uh, those two there are 78 metres long uh, and are capable of having being operated with no people uh, entirely remotely. Um, the significance of these two ships is that they're currently being built uh, in. Vietnam, the first one, which is the one on the right hand side, is about to go in the water uh, for the first time. Those and the rest of the fleet that follow on behind it uh, are all things being well. Uh, and those guys in the yard, of course, were impacted by COVID the same as the rest of us. Um, will be ready for, for us to use uh, at the beginning of 2023. Um, if I flick forward just to give you that, that um, little video uh, shows you our control centre, the first of our control centres in uh, that one's in Southampton on the south coast of the UK. Uh, we'll end up with others around the world, but that's the location that those ships that I showed you the photo of are going to be operated from. Uh, or certainly eventually that's the plan that they'll be operated from. Between now and then, they're capable of or, or need to have a, a light crew for the, um, for, the, for the operation of the AUVs that we'll use to do a, do a search. Um, the point really is that for, for the last couple of years, as we transitioned through COVID, we've um, taken that step uh, in technology and invested even more heavily. At the same time, um, we've not forgotten 
uh, as I say, the, the search for MH370 is, is almost a daily topic of conversation on one level or another. Um, and the team uh, have been doing two things. Um, one is thinking about uh, where we would search in 2023. Uh, and the second is uh, reviewing the data from the original search to make sure that you know, there was nothing that we missed. Um, it is hard perhaps to comprehend the scale of the task and the size of the area we're searching relative to the small size of what we're looking for. Uh, subsea search is difficult. So um, looking back through the data uh, again and again to, to check that we didn't miss something uh, is perfectly right. Let me explain to you what this picture shows. In the towards the top in the middle there's a yellow dot that that's a search box based on the work that Richard's done uh, and, and we've been in close contact with him and the guys have, uh, have reviewed uh, that work. The red spot reflects a sort of centre of where we might search based on the work of other people from the from the independent group. Um, our view, I suppose, is, is more simplistic uh, and it says, look, the, the work these guys have done uh, it is credible, sensible and worthwhile focusing on. Um, but we're not going to only search the immediate areas. We, we, if we're going to go there, we'll do both. Uh, and not only that, but put a buffer around it all uh, so that you end up with all of the space to the left and the right of that seventh arc uh, filled in. Um, don't, don't worry, the point at the bottom about 92 days is only to, for a reference, give the number of AUVs. Um, so, so the guys have been working, uh, thinking about it, and we've got a plan. The point now is to say, for the first time since the early 2020, We've got clarity on the plan for where we'd search. We've got clarity for the availability of our assets. Uh, and therefore, we're in a position to sensibly re-engage in the conversation uh, and say mm -mm, to the Malaysian government, look, we're ready to go back and carry on. Um, we'll, of course, approach it on the same basis as we did before, which is, you know, as Grace says, that kind of no win no fee um, and so hopefully uh, all being well uh, we will be in a position to go back in in early 2023 there's a lot of um, work for us to do to get the ships ready um, for the guys to carry on doing the planning to talk to the government um, to get ourselves organized hopefully we'll enjoy the same support from the Australian authorities as we did last time um, these ships are different. Uh, they're probably the most modern cutting edge ships in the entire world. And one of the things we're dealing with is the regulatory framework for a ship that can be driven with no person on board uh, because it doesn't exist. So, so we'll need the support from the Australian government to operate too. Um, but it is our hope and, and um, desire to be back carrying on the search at some point in certainly the first half of 2023. Thank you so much, Oliver, for your time.
And it's very encouraging to hear that all of you at Ocean Infinity are ready as early as the beginning of next year. We'd we hope very much that the Malaysian government steps up to the plate and agrees to another no cure, no fee search. We're also very encouraged to know about the, the breadth and width of the location that Ocean Infinity intends to search and really quite surprised to see how quickly it can all be done. When we're used to the in the past, like searches spanning many years and even your earlier search, which was very quick already, this seems to have halved in time. The previous took six months, this taking three months, just slightly over three months. It's all very encouraging. So we're very, very grateful that you've taken the time to come and share this news with the world, with everyone who's watching, with everyone who's listening. Very encouraging for us next of kin. I think it's safe to say, especially personally from me and the next of kin, that this is our only hope, I think, at this point of finding MH370. And uh, it's not in any, it, it's in the best hands that it could be in with Ocean Infinity. And we're so grateful that you've kept us in mind all these years. We know in the past, we've always troubled you at the very last second to give us some, in, to give us a pre-recorded video. And this year you've come yourself. We're very touched and we're very, very grateful. Thank you so much. Sentiment of what um, Pete Foley was saying is absolutely right. So, you know, and, and we, we totally agree with that. So it, it, it's something that is important in itself. It's important for you. And, and if you're Ocean Infinity and you believe that you're the best people in the world at seabed search, it's important for us. Um, so it is not something that we, we've forgotten or we will forget. Um, and we want to come and do it. There's a lot of stuff to sort out between now and, and 2023. So, um, but we're going to try and make it happen. And if not, it's 2024. Definitely. We're, we're just uh, happy to hear that everyone's motivated, not planning on giving up anytime soon. We're happy to support the endeavors of Ocean Infinity in any way that we can by lobbying for the search to go on and um, being vocal about wanting the search to go on for many reasons that go beyond our need for closure. Like I have said in the past, it stands to benefit the aviation community and the international flying public. And again, thank you so much for your time. Well, look, I'll, I'll, I'll be in touch because there's some work to do together um, mm -hmm. in that regard. Yeah. Great stuff. Look, lovely, lovely to see you all. And thanks very much for yes. um, giving me a chance to come and chat and, and share these thoughts. Thank you so much. I'm going to invite our co-organizers, which is uh, Narin, our next of kin from India, to say a few words, followed by my dad, Mr. Nathan, to say a few words to thank everyone who has participated. All right. So this is a... This is uh, unexpected, but uh, I'm happy to take the two or three minutes to just first of all uh, greet everybody who joined us today on the on this call on at this event um, on Zoom and on Facebook Live. Uh, it's an opportunity to also see, meet, and greet families uh, of uh, the MH families. So it's a pleasure to be here. <coughs> Every anniversary has been significant and it's been painful and it's also been a moment of hope for all of us. Uh, it's been painful because it has asked, uh, it's a sharp reminder of the loss that we have uh, had to endure. No. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a revisit of the times that we have been through, which has not been easy. It's also been an occasion for us to remind ourselves of unfinished business, which is to do with the search and the investigation. And we believe that uh, it's not over till it's over. And uh, we do believe that 
one day we will find the plane and one day we will have answers and the anniversary event in many ways is not just about remembering those who we lost but also an opportunity to remind ourselves of the fact that we know very little beyond what we knew on march 8 2014 so eight years have gone by and we know far too little yet about what happened why it happened why the plane disappeared and uh, what might have caused it or who might have caused it and it's absolutely important for us to find the answers and so it's my hope that one more time we will recommit and rededicate ourselves to this search i just hope that we will continue to press on with the signs that makes all this possible and not let our egos come in the way i just hope our interactions remain cordial and civil even with those in who we may not always agree with and i hope that we will be accommodating and understanding of people who may not have our way our language and our ability to get across in meaningful ways and i i understand that everybody wants what for the families and for the public at large and our ways and our means and our language and our approaches may be different but we should not lose our ability to be able to speak with each other in a way that furthers the overall purpose and that's my appeal to everybody here and elsewhere and to our families as well that we stay connected we stay um, together and we speak in one voice and we express ourselves in a way that best exemplifies us without necessarily um letting our differences uh overwhelm all that we together stand for so i would wish everybody all the very best and i would so, i would also take a moment to say thank you to patrick to peter foley <coughs> to Richard Godfrey I think you've been doing a lot of the heavy lifting in the last few months and I know that you know it's not been an easy uh, task mm-hmm. and uh, to Oliver as well um, we really look forward to a lot of uh, the work that is ahead and uh, we hope to work together so thank you very much and uh, I wish everybody um, all the very best uh, better times better days and a better future uh that's my fond wish and all the very best thank you thank you so much narin uh, the next person who one of our co organizers is mr karen barenganathan my father would like to just thank everyone for uh, who's here today hello everybody uh, a pleasant day a pleasant sunday to every one of you uh, i rarely speak much uh, in these events but this year i thought that you know how to say thank you to some people specifically Uh, first of all i would like to you know thank everyone who has been keeping us in the loop you know as we remember the 239 souls on board uh, mh370 we are very grateful that the world has not forgotten us uh, we are also very grateful to the many many individuals and organizations out there who have sacrificed not only their personal time you know but as well their resources as well in uh, searching for this plane in researching uh, science and in coming up with a new and novel ways of uh, looking for this plane 
even though we have not found it, all this effort actually has been very encouraging for the families that you know the effort to find this plane has not died. It, it's not been forgotten or swept under the carpet somewhere along the way. Yeah. Uh, special thanks for the people who came in to present today. But first of all, I'd like to uh, record my thanks to Mr. Lester Kong from the minister's office. He was uh, instrumental in helping us get the minister to say something. And it was quite encouraging that the minister said Malaysia is open to reviewing proposals. And uh, I'd also like to thank uh, Richard, uh, Oliver and uh, Peter for their time, you know, it's a Sunday, you know, and it's family time kind of thing, especially Oliver, that they took time off from their weekend to come and be with us at this time in our event. Yeah? And I also would like to thank uh, Patrick and Julian who have been with us from day one, you know, who have been very, uh, very caring and have uh, sacrificed their time and efforts as well in highlighting the need for a closure and for, for peace in our hearts and minds. Yeah? Uh, and as we all know, the event every year is, is remembering the families, you know, those of us who are still around. And I'm glad that we are still all in touch with many of the families. And we are all good friends after this event, you know, even though all strangers before it started, we are all good friends today. And I would like this friendship to continue into the future. And I would like to also record uh, our thanks to the Ministry of Transport for their positive response that uh, they'll be willing to look at uh, a no cure, no fee uh, proposal from a qualified entity, and there's none more qualified than uh, Ocean Infinity. Thank you, everyone. Okay, so we're now opening the floor to questions by the press or the attendees. If you have questions for a specific person, please type it in the chat box. Please tell us who is the question for and what the question is. Sure. So there's a question in the chat box from uh, Keith Kam from BFM Radio. So the question goes, uh, with the new information, how you plan on convincing the authorities that this is indeed the credible evidence uh, they want? When are you planning to get started on this? Uh, if you have approached the government, Malaysian, Australian or Chinese, what has the response been? So it's a three-part question. Uh, it has not been addressed to anyone in particular. So I think we can pass it over to Grace to answer. Uh, not Mr. Nathan, do you want to take this? Uh, we as NOKs, you know, are the most unqualified people to do all the scientific analysis. There are many, many uh, highly qualified people out there. Uh, we have people in in, uh, in the Malaysian government, there are some people who are knowledgeable. We can always turn on to ATSB and the Australians to help us out. And the international community itself is out there to give their verdict on anything new that comes up. At the moment, WSPAR, uh, WS, the Whisper technology is the, is the latest that we have heard from, from Richard Godfrey. Um, there are some people uh, who are all for it. There are some who, are, uh, who think that that is not uh, a viable technology. But what matters is uh, the person who wants to search. You know, in this case, if Ocean Infinity wants to go and search, it is up to them because they are spending their money to go out there and look for the plane. So they can decide where they want to search, how they want to search. We should be open to the fact that uh, you know they are willing to search and accept that offer and we only need to pay if the plane is found. So I don't see how uh, Malaysia can lose or anybody else can lose on an offer like this. And Nathan, uh, Richard here. Um, just to add to, to what you were saying, and I completely agree with your view, uh, we are uh, sharing 
all of our findings in various papers uh, uh, in uh, publicly on uh, our website as well as uh, with the authorities in different countries. Um, we've been very encouraged the Australian authorities uh, um, not only su supporting our research but also analyzing our findings and have decided to uh, go back and look again at the data that has been collected in previous uh, uh, searches. Uh, that's very encouraging. We will be publishing in the next two weeks a further paper. Um, I fully accept that there are uh, a number of skeptics of this new technology that's, uh, I think, normal with every new technology. But we invite everyone to review uh, our work and encourage that there are a number of uh, professors and academics in different universities in the UK and uh, in Australia and, uh, and in China who are um, looking in detail. So I, I think that we should allow the time for that uh, review. But as uh, Oliver uh, pointed out, uh, and, and they, they are open to search a wider area. They have the technology to do that. Um, and uh, I think it's just key uh, that uh, the authorities agree to the search. Uh, Keith, th thank you for your question. I'm just going to summarize what everyone has said. So basically, it's not really for the next of kin to convince the government whether the information is credible or not, because personally, we don't have the expertise. But I think what we are trying to say is that if you look at the surrounding circumstance, the evidence surrounding the findings and what we have available to us now, and the fact that the ATSB in Australia is taking it seriously, the fact that Ocean Infinity is taking it seriously, the fact that many experts are taking it seriously, this means that that evidence that we have or the new research that we have is credible. So, and that should be enough for the Malaysian government. And we plan to, of course, try and get a meeting with the transport minister to try and speak to them. And of course, we will, work, we will also work together with Ocean Infinity to lay the basically lay the plans so that they can start their search as soon as possible, as soon as practicable. Can I just add, I always thought that the need for credible evidence was really to make sure that it wasn't a waste of time and that there was some basis to go and do the search and not keep going and keep going um, and, and keep people's hopes up when there was no real hope so, so for me in terms of thinking how how would I approach the conversation it, it would almost be on the basis that, of saying look here's a good reason some really smart people have, have looked at the evidence again found some new ways of looking at the evidence some new information some new data uh, 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 and they think it's worth oh sorry that <laughs> they think it's worth doing so, so rather than being particularly worried about the expression credible new evidence I think we need to remember what that was really trying to do at the time that the minister said it and I think what he was really saying was look this is really important so we don't want crazy theories and, and what hopes up for no reason and wasting time um, rather than there needing to be some 
completely new science based on something we'd never heard of before. That's how I've thought about it. And that's how I think we would approach it. And certainly the work, you know, Richard's done, the work others, others have done for me is enough to say, look, we're prepared to go back on that basis. Uh, so um, we don't think it's a waste of time and we don't think we'd be getting people's hopes up unnecessarily. Thank you so much for your answer on that. Uh, we have a follow-up question here from Keith again. This is uh, addressed to uh, Richard. So uh, earlier you mentioned about skeptics. So what do you think people might be spec uh, skeptical about here? Well, I think um, there, there are two issues raised. Um, one, uh, the question, uh, well, we've searched uh, that area before. Um, my answer to that aspect is, uh, it's very difficult terrain, um, very rugged. There are canyons and volcanoes, um, the ridges and, and cliffs. Uh, so it, it may have been missed. There's a small window that we may have missed it uh, previously. Another skepticism comes from the fact that this is a whisper is new technology. Um, but it's built actually on a long history of similar uh, technology. There were patents taken out by companies like Airbus um, and Hensold uh, back in 2005, 2010, 2013, using radio signals, using TV signals, using GPS signals um, to try and track aircraft. Um, so we're building on that with the new idea of WISPER, which we have uh, submitted to a lot of testing with the help of a former captain of Qantas uh, and, and other uh, experts. ATSB and AMSA shared all of their search flight data into the search area back in 2014 under a confidentiality agreement, which has been very helpful in our testing. So yes, it's new, but it is well tested. And we talked a lot about COVID and uh, the, the first person to invent vaccination was laughed at for six years by the medical community until vaccination was widely accepted. So there is always skepticism with new ideas and new technology. But now there are 22 vaccinations available uh, and there's vaccination available for COVID. And, and I hope everyone has uh, uh, been vaccinated in, in order to protect themselves. Uh, and I hope also in the coming uh, year, we will convince many more people uh, of this new technology. Thank you so much for your answer on that. Uh, any other questions from those in the call? Uh, I also a final round of questions from the, from the press. Any other questions? If you find that your questions are too difficult to type, please feel free to put your hand up through Zoom and we will unmute you to allow you to ask the question verbally. Questions are also open to other participants and to the next of kin. Sorry, we have one hands up from Blaine, who has been kind, who has been supporting the next of kin and searching for debris from day one. Hi, Grace. Thank you. 
I just want to say that Julian's words in his poem describe perfectly how I felt when I held the monitor case in my hands on Riake Beach. And I feel strongly the need to restart the search and find the plane. It was Professor Chari Patirachi's drift analysis that guided me to Mozambique and Madagascar, where I found the debris. And now Richard Godfrey is saying we should be go looking in the same area that Professor Patirachi had indicated around latitude 33. And the way to verify it is to go there and look. So I hope that the search is renewed and we find the plane. Thank you all. Thank you, Blaine. Okay, on that note, thank you everyone for joining us as we commemorate the eighth year since MH370 disappeared from the skies. Thank you once again from the bottom of all our hearts for your continued support, for journeying with us. Most of you here have been with us from day one, from the 8th of March, 2014. And we thank you for all of the hope that you continue to give us and for telling us that you're going to stand by us through your words and through your actions. We are forever grateful. Thank you so much. And we hope that the search will go on and that the search will resume soon. Thank you, everyone. 